stand for the reading of God's Word. If you can stand, that is. And we'll read these few verses. They're not many, 14 through 17, just four verses here, but so full of what we need in today's time. Ephesians chapter number 5 and beginning in verse number 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding, and here's that latter part where the message came from. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And simply put, I want to help all of us this morning. I want to help each and every single one. I'm not going to, the lost and the saved alike here this morning and those that may be watching by way of live stream, I want to help you this morning with this thought, the will of the Lord. Let's pray and we'll jump right into it. I got a lot of outline to cover and time is short. Amen. I will do my best to keep an eye on that time as we're going along here, but you pray with me and uh, you can be seated here. You can go ahead and be seated. I'll go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, so much for allowing us to be here. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to stand and to proclaim your word. And God, it's only by your grace that I'm here this morning. And Lord, not of myself, it's not of anything that I've done, but it's only through you. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would fill me up. With your Holy Spirit, God, give me exactly what I need this morning, Lord, the message that that needs to be heard and proclaimed and heralded out all throughout the airwaves and online and in this facility this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me give it to the people, Lord, as you've given it unto me. And God, I pray, Lord, that it may be an encouragement. It may be a challenge this morning. And God, whatever it is, is our individual needs. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give it to us. And Lord, we thank you so much for being amongst us already and for moving and tugging on hearts. And God, we thank you for stirring our emotions already, but God, I pray, Lord, even now that you would help us to push everything aside and may we focus on your word that is being preached. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would glean something from it here in just a moment. God, I pray that we would leave this place changed, challenged, and encouraged to go out into the world to fight another day for you and the cause of Christ. And God, I pray that you'd help me. Lord, I'm nobody and I understand that. And I come to you humbly asking, Lord, that you would use me once again to preach your word. I need you, Lord. I need your power and strength to fall fresh upon me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach on this subject here, the will of the Lord. And for many of you this morning, this phrase uh, may scare you. It may, it may bring a sense of uh, timidness about you, of not sure of what's going on. Some of you uh, may have asked God this week, what is the will uh, for my life? God, what is your will for my life? And some of you are doing exactly what God has already told you to do. You are in the will of the Lord, serving and working and doing exactly what he's called you to do. But I believe, no doubt, in the, in the number of people that we have here this morning, that some of you maybe have never even, this thought maybe have never even crossed your mind. It may, it may never even have come up in, into your thought process. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, what is your will for my life? And, and this phrase in itself carries a lot of weight. It carries a lot of responsibilities. It carries a lot with it. The Lord's will. We're talking about the Lord's will. God's will for your life. We're talking about the God who created the universe, who spoke things into existence. We're talking about an almighty God who spoke everything and hung everything in his place and spun everything in orbit and and measured everything out with a span and with his hand and, and put everything that you see in this world. He created all of it. 
And now we come to this phrase, God, what is your will for my life? It carries a lot of weight, but I want to tell you this morning, right out the gate, can I tell you this morning that God loves each one of you? Young people, God loves you this morning. Teenager, God loves you. Young adult, God loves you this morning. Adults, parents, moms and dads this morning, God loves you. Grandparents this morning, God loves you. And understand this, that his love just didn't stop on the cross when Jesus gave his life for you and I. His love is unending. It's an unending love and he wants the best for us and he wants us to do things for him. But I want you to get a hold of this, that he has a plan for each and every single one of us in this room. He has a plan for your life. He has something in store that only you can accomplish. Brother Brandon can't accomplish the will that he has laid out for your life, Brother Donnie. Ricky, God's got something for you that I can't fulfill, but he's ordained it and set it aside specifically for you. Young people, you may have heard this growing up and you may have heard it going through school. I went through a public school, trust me. I was not the greatest of kids. Uh, I've done a lot of bad things. I made a lot of mistakes. And yes, I did bully some kids and I'm so sorry and and I I don't brag about that at all. But I want you to get this. God has a will for your life, young people. Don't think you're worthless. Don't, don't, uh, don't put yourself on the bottom shelf and say, well, I don't have talents. I can't speak and I can't do this. And I can't, you know, the word that I cannot stand is can't. I ask the teenagers, anytime someone says, well, I can't, ah, well, mm-mm. get that out your vocabulary. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you can't, <laughs> but it says you can through Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. It's through him and through his power and his strength and his might. So listen, we know all these things, but listen, he has a will for your life. No matter where you come from, no matter your background, no matter what you were raised up in, God has a plan for you, young people. God has a plan for you, adult. Listen, no matter what life has thrown your way, God still has a plan. He's still on the throne. Nothing's changed. 2020 may have set us back. 2021 still setting some people back. But listen, if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and look unto him, look, see no man but Jesus Christ, we can move forward in what God has for us. God has a plan for each one of us. You say, well, Brother Brandon, you don't understand. I come from a broken home. Many people have come from broken homes and done great things for God. Because they allowed him to work through them. It it, it takes commitment. It takes us getting us out of the way and allowing him to guide us. Amen. And that's a hard thing to do, especially us fellows. Amen. We're stubborn. We don't, uh, sometimes we don't like our GPS telling us which way to go. Amen. (laughs) Bless God. I know where I'm going. There ain't no shortcut over there. You lying GPS. But God has a plan for you. We just have to incline that ear. You get that? You have to incline that ear and listen and get it. Because the thing is, and I taught taught this here in my Sunday school class, the thing is a lot of times we get so consumed with everything else that's going on around us that we lose sight of Jesus. A lot of people lost sight of Jesus in 2020. A lot of people still lost sight of Jesus. They still ain't got back to where they once were. They left. They walked away when everything began to shut down. This ain't even in my outline. This is free of charge right here. Amen. Listen, a lot of people in 2020 walked away. 
A lot of people so far this year hasn't got back to where they once were. They're not back serving the Lord. They're not back giving their everything to God. They're not back faithfully to church. They're not back faithfully in His Word. They're not back faithfully with Him in prayer. They lost that communion when they lost the church. The church was their safety net. The church was their daily feeding on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday. And when all that got ripped out from underneath us, we watched those flounder like they're a fish out of water, didn't know which way to go because they weren't consistently already in the Word. They weren't consistently keeping their eyes upon Jesus and getting them off the world. Listen, hey, if you're saved in here, can I throw this out here right quick? Before we even get to the message, if you're saved in here this morning, we have an eternal destination that is secure. Secure. Not a hope so, maybe so, I don't know so. No, it is secure. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you, my friend, are going to heaven. So along that way, when distractions come, just keep your eyes on him because that's where we're going, amen? Looking forward to that hope, amen? Looking forward unto heaven. Looking forward to what God's got for us along the way. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy it. You say, well, Brother Brandon, it seems like, you know, I think about church, I think about rules and restrictions, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Oh, hogwash. I've been out in the world. I've experienced what the world has to offer, and many of you in here have experienced what the world has to offer, and it leaves you high and dry every single time. It takes you farther than you want to go and leaves you broker than you ever want to be. But my friends, Jesus loves you this morning. God loves you this morning, and he has a plan for you, and don't worry about it because if he has a plan for you, guess what? He's going to get you there. His provisions will always get you where you need to be, where he wants you, not where we want to be. Amen. God's will. God's ultimate will is the advancement of his kingdom. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall be and it shall forever and it shall, and it shall stand forever. His glorification in first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, wherefore, uh, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God, the will of the Lord here. Hey, and salvation and sanctification of his children through his son, Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter three, verse number nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing, catch this, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is God's broad scope of his will. Individual will is what he's got planned out for you. His broad scope is leading right into our first point. That verse we just read again, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. Uh, look, uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. And can I take a time out right there and say, aren't you thankful that he's long-suffering? <laughs> Especially for us stubborn folk, Amen. He is long-suffering unto us, listen, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, which is going to take us right into our first point here. And I have to hasten because I have a lot of ground to cover. Number one, the Lord's will is that we get saved. The Lord's will is that we get saved. First uh, Timothy, take your Bibles and look over in First Timothy. First Timothy chapter number two. First Timothy chapter number two. Flip over there. 
verses one through six, first Timothy chapter number two and beginning in verse number one, I exhort Therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse number two, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all, good, in all goodliness and honesty. Here we go. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Verse number four, who will have all men to be saved and come to uh, come unto the knowledge of truth for there is one god and one mediator between god and men the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time we see here in these verses that the will of the lord is that all men would be saved that all men all people would come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and to get to this point we must realize just a few things and let me hit these very quickly here. Here, Romans chapter number three and verse 23. Listen very well. For all have sinned. Help me out with that second word. For what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all done something wrong. And if we were truthful and we would admit that in ourselves, we would admit, yes, we've wronged God. We've stolen. We've lied. We've cheated. We've, we've done bad things in our lives. None of us are righteous and holy in here. Amen. Only he is. Listen, for all have sinned. The Bible's very clear to put that all in there because it means all. That means no one is outside of the realms of the word all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because, because of our sin, there is a penalty that had to have been paid. Romans chapter 6 verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, our penalty was death, but the death of Jesus, through the death of Jesus, we can have eternal eternal life. I don't deserve a single thing. I don't deserve nothing that God has blessed me with and neither do you if we would be truthful and honest about it. If we, if we really got what we deserve this morning, we wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't be dressed up. We wouldn't be suited up. We wouldn't be looking nice. Our hairs wouldn't be parted. Amen. Uh, what few we got, we wouldn't be here. If we got what we truly deserve from a just God, we would be in hell today. Amen. But God, but God, commendeth his love toward us in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that when I was unlovable from the world that a God in heaven loved me. Mm, some of y'all need to get a hold of that one. That when we wronged God, he still loved us. When we were living in sin, he still loved us. When we were out in the world doing whatever we wanted to do, whatever makes us feel good, and there's a God in heaven who looks down low and loves you with a love that was unending, a love so much so that he was willing to give his only begotten son to die on the cross for you. He would take our penalty on himself to that cross. He would bleed and die. And for not his sins, he was sinless, but he'd done it for you and he'd done it for me. Listen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Ephesians chapter number two, verses eight and nine. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. Some of y'all need to hang on to that word right there. Not of yourselves. It is nothing that I can do. I could not earn my salvation. I cannot do enough good deeds. I can't give enough money. I can't go to church enough. I can't do enough to get my own way into heaven because the ticket's already been paid.
paid for on the cross of Calvary. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 through 10 helps us out with how we can get it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart. Hang on to those few words. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse number 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'm going to leave you with one more verse here and we'll move right along here. Second Corinthians chapter number six and verse number two. You say, well, brother Brandon, not today. I don't feel, uh, you know, I don't want to get saved today. I don't, I don't want to give my life to Jesus today. I don't want to, I don't want to, not today. I'll wait. There's, there's plenty of time. You said, Brother Brandon, I'm young. I, I, I'm a teenager. I got plenty of time. I'm in my 20s. I'm in my 30s. I got plenty of time to give my life to Jesus Christ. My parents live to their 70, 80, 90, 100. I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. I got all the time in the world, and that is a lie from the devil. And that is an exact lie from the devil because we don't know how much time we got. I preached a funeral less than a month ago for a 17-year-old. 17 young people. We ain't got much time. We don't know how much time we have. Listen, time is short. Second Corinthians chapter number six, verse number two. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation I have secured thee. Listen, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You may be in here today and you, you've, never put, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You may have heard about Jesus your whole life growing up. You grew up in North Carolina. No doubt you've heard about Jesus. You grew up in the Bible Belt. You've heard about Jesus. But the question is, has it went from up here down to here? For with the heart man believeth. For with the heart man believeth. It's great to have a good head knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's great to know all the, the good works and the miracles that he's done. But has it really transferred from right here down to here? Because it starts in the heart. It's a heart condition. You say, Brother Brandon, what's wrong with the world today? It's a heart condition. It's not a head condition. It's a heart condition. We don't need more doctors. We don't need more medication. No, we just need more Jesus. It starts in the heart. For with the heart man believes. For with the heart man believes. Listen, you may be in here and you have a hope so salvation. You say, Brother Brown, I ain't never heard that before. It's a hope so salvation. That means you hoping you've done enough good to get to heaven. I've heard it time and time again, talking to people, witnessing to people, give them a gospel track. Well, I hope I do a good, I hope I'm doing enough to make it in. Well, I hope I, I, I just barely slip in the pearly gates, they'd say. So, oh, my friends, I don't want to gamble with my life. I don't know about you. I don't want to gamble with my eternity. Listen, the Bible's very clear to put it to you and I this morning that there's only two places we can go when we die. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. Uh, let's put it out there on the table the way it is. It's either heaven or hell. It's very plainly put out there for us. But I, I don't want to hope so. I'm not a gambler, amen? I used to be. I used to love playing poker and all that. Not anymore. You know why? Because how much money I wasted, how much money people waste every single day playing that educational lottery, you know, the North Carolina educational lottery, how much money they're throwing away. I say, stop by the house, give me 20 bucks, leave empty-handed, you'll feel the same way, amen? I'll feel much better, Amen. <laughs> Just know that your money's going to good use now, amen? There's a lot of people out here that are just gambling with their lives. A lot of people out there with the hope so salvation. Well, I hope I've done enough. I hope I prayed enough. I hope I gave enough. I, uh, well, I mean, my parents were saved. I hope I'm going into heaven. I, I hope this and I hope that. I hope that. Get off the hope so and get on the no so salvation. 
Now you say, Brother Brent, how can you know so? I just told you, amen. All laid out for you right there before your eyes. We can know that we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ this morning. I hope you're not, uh, if you're here this morning, you have a hope so salvation. Listen, I hope by the end of the service, you'll meet us down here at the altar. We can take the Bible and show you how you can have a no so salvation, how you can know without a shadow of a doubt if you took your last breath right now. How many of you know that you're not guaranteed that next breath? We're not. We take it for granted. We take breathing for granted. Hey, since 2020, a lot of us take breathing for granted. Amen. COVID comes along, takes your breath away. It changes perspective. Sickness comes in, it begins to change your perspective. You look at things in a different light. You, you have somebody who's got, gotten into a big accident and a big wreck, it begins to change the way they look at things. Brother Allen, we talked about that just the other day. It changes your perspective when your life was almost flashing before your eyes, whether through sickness, through an accident, through some type of uh, incident or whatever the case may be in your life, the life-changing event in your life, and, and your life was hanging in the balance. Do you know where you'll spend an eternity. Do you know? I can't do it for you. Your mom and dad can't do it for you. Your friends can't do it for you. Only you have to make that conscious decision to ask Jesus in your heart to save you. It's only through you this morning. Listen, Jesus loves you. And can I say this right here? He'll take you just as you are. Don't, you know what, you know what boggles my mind? You talk to some people and they say, listen, why don't you come to church? Why don't you come to church with us? Well, I got some things I got to get right first. I, I, got, I got to do this, this, and this first. We'll talk to them for a little bit. We'll give them the gospel. We'll go through the whole plan of salvation. They'll admit, oh, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for me, but I, I don't want to give my life to him right yet. I don't, I don't want to do it right now. There's some things I got to get cleaned up. I got, I got to get rid of this alcohol out of my house. I got, I got to clean up my language. I got to clean up my internet. I got to clean this up and I got to clean this up. Listen, I say, hang all that. You run to Jesus right now and he'll take care of the rest of it. Amen. You go get Jesus and he'll clean up the outside. You get the inside cleaned through Jesus Christ and the rest will come to fruition. The rest uh, will all fall right into place. The alcohol you won't want no more. The gambling you won't want to do anymore. You won't use that foul language anymore because anytime you do, it's like a dagger in your heart. The Holy Spirit's saying, you know you shouldn't have said that. Oh, you're right. Listen, let God do all the hard work. He will. He'll clean you up. He'll help you out. He'll get you on the right path. Get clean on the inside. Get Jesus on the inside and the rest of it will come to fruition. Number two, very quickly here. I want to hey, hit this one right here. The will of the Lord is not only that we get saved. Number two, very quickly, is that we stop playing. I can't say this enough. I got four small kids and sometimes they play way too much when it ain't time to play. But beyond kids, I think it's time for us teenagers, young adults and adults Stop playing games. Let's stop playing games. Listen, look, at, look back at your scripture, Ephesians chapter number five, verses 14. I want you to pay attention to a few key words as we go through here. Beginning in verse number 14, Ephesians chapter number five. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Verse number 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I want you to get this, the word redeeming here. It gives us the idea of to redeem time, to buy back, seize the day, seize the opportunity at 
hand. Listen now, to get more use, to use more diligence in improvement of it. Or to be diligent and active in duty and preparation. To be active. Did you notice all these active words here? Go down through it again. Wherefore he saith, awake. And you know what the problem is, I believe? A lot of churches have been lulled to sleep. Lulled to sleep. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. We ain't got time to be playing games. We don't have time to be sleeping on the job. We don't have time to sit back idly just waiting on the Lord to call us home. Listen, when you got saved, you didn't get saved to sit. You got saved to serve. And it's the least that we can do. He's given his life for you and I to have eternal life. The least we can do is go out and share it with somebody else. Arise thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead. Awake. Get these words now. And Christ shall give thee light. Go to verse number 15. See then that you walk. Put action to it. Time to get moving. Not just sitting idle anymore. Not just filling up a chair or a pew. Hey, listen. We need to go beyond Sunday morning. Beyond Sunday night. Beyond Wednesday. Beyond any special service. And move on out. And when we're out in the world, get busy doing something. Awake, arise, let's get going. With the time is short, redeeming the time wisely. Get this now, in the world, in the world today is so consumed with things that occupy our time and how true that is. Uh, too many times we hear the phrase, I'm just killing time. <laughs> and I'm guilty, I've said it before, but it burns me up now. I'm just killing time. Oh, you can't kill time. Listen, every moment that we waste is a moment that we can't get back. You can't, once time has passed, it's gone. You can't redeem it back. You can't get it back. But what you can do is seize the opportunity that God's given you now because we don't know when we're going to take our last breath. We don't know when the last chapter is going to be read. We don't know when the last period is going to become in our sentence of life. The world is so consumed with things that occupy our time, while not necessarily bad in itself, but when it consumes us and takes the majority of our time and pulls us away from what we need to do, that's where the problem in lies. And church, look around us today. You look around at everything that is unfolding right before our eyes, and we don't have time just to sit around and play games with God. And I got two sub points underneath this one here, that we need to stop playing games with your life. Stop playing games with your life. You see, if you not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you from an eternal separation from God in a place called hell, I want to beg and plead for you to do so today. I'm up here today waving the caution flags and waving the red flags of, listen, uh, if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to heaven because he says, I am the way. That is a definite article, the. There is no other way but through Jesus Christ. The church will not and cannot save you. Only Jesus Christ can. I want to wave the flags this morning. Listen, hey, listen up. When you see somebody in the road is holding flags or something like that, you tend to pay attention, right? I almost thought about bringing one of them stop signs up here that the road construction guys have and just flip it around and say, stop. (laughs) If you don't know Jesus, let's get it nailed down now because the rest will fall into place. The rest of your life will fall into place if you get him first. But I believe it's about time for us to stop playing games. James reminds us this in James chapter number four and verse number 14. Where is you know not what shall be on the morrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time 
and then vanishes away. And how true that is. Time is short. Time is short, and we don't know how much longer we got. Hang on tight. Stop playing games in the church. Let's go. Let's, let's take this a step farther. I believe it's time for us to stop playing games in the church. There's too many people just playing games, playing church. Can we put it like that? My, my heart's been burdened on this. You know, I've been in this thing long enough. Now, you can see a lot of playing going on, a lot of acting, if you will. Best actors ain't in Hollywood. Best actors ain't, ain't out there on Hollywood on the big movie screens. It ain't, it, it ain't, it ain't The Rock. It ain't, it ain't all these movie stars. No, 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 no. The best actors are in churches all across America. That's where the most acting goes on. Sunday morning comes around. All right. Get suited up. Put my church face on. Put my church clothes on. And I'm ready to go to church. Amen. All that's fine and dandy. But the issue is, where'd you leave Jesus at? There's too many, too many small groups, too many clicks, too many, too many back and forth, too much back talking behind each other's back, too much putting each other down, and too much, too much little murmuring going on in the churches all across. Now, listen, I don't know what's going. I don't know. I haven't heard nothing in here. Like preacher said, this is just almost preventive maintenance, I guess you could say. But listen, and the Lord may speak to you on this. But listen, what we got to do is we got to stop playing these little games that we play in church and putting people down when somebody messes up and somebody makes a mistake. The last thing that we ought to do is kick dirt on somebody who's down. The last thing we ought to do is come in here and act holier than thou. Well, I'd never do that. Well, I wouldn't never do that. I, can you believe? That's the problem right there when you begin to open your mouth and begin to put other people down when you should be praying and exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, in the church, it's time for us in here today to stop playing the games that we play. Amen? It's time for us to get serious about the work that God has called us to do. It's time for us to to put away the childish things in our lives and move on to greater and bigger and better things that God has in store for us. We've been playing church for far too long and we wonder why America's in the shape it's in. And we wonder why that our children go astray when they get teenagers and young adults. Playing church at church, and that's where it stops. Jesus ain't in the house, nowhere to be found. Bible never gets cracked open, not a prayer heard, and we wonder why our kids stray away. I've watched teenagers. I've watched them for years. And they've watched their parents live a double life, a double standard. When it's church time, <laughs> let the acting begin. Play church at church, but when they go home, not a whisper or a mention of God, the Bible, or prayer is ever heard. And we wonder why our children run out into the world when they get old enough to get a license. And we wonder why they seek after everything that the world's offering. That double standard. That double standard. They don't see it. They don't, what they see at the church house don't go on at your house. And that's where the problem lies. Because it ought to start at your house and you bring it to the church house. Listen, we ought to start this at the house. You ought to start every morning out with prayer at the house. Charged up, ready to go. So when you get here, 
You're already ready to go, charged up, excited, smiling ear to ear, ready to be here amongst other brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to yoke up together and move forward for the cause of Christ. But the issue is this never happens at the house, only happens at the church house. And the kids see this and they say, well, it's only good enough for the church house. I guess I don't even need the church house because we're only there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I got the rest of the week to do whatever I want. Play games. Play around. It doesn't matter. You see, we played church for far too long. We know how to dress up. We know how to say amen in the right spot. You missed that one. That was amen right there. Y'all supposed to come on now. Come on now. We know how to say amen at the right spot. Amen. Y'all catch up. But seriously, I'm being serious though. You think about it. We played church for far too long. You get in here, you learn what to do, you learn how to say amen, raise your hand, you can do all these things, but it's all for show. It's all for show. It's not a true connection with God, raising your hand out of true worship to a holy God when he's moving. We know how to play church. We know how to say amen at the right time. We know how to uh, talk the talk when we come to the church house. But when it goes to the job site, uh, it's a little different talk. And people are watching. You realize your biggest testimony don't come out of your mouth? The biggest testimony doesn't come out of your mouth and the wisdom out of your head. It's right there. You walk in the, the Christian life. People see you going to church. They hear what you say. They hear you at the house. They hear you praying. They, they know Sunday morning your, church, your, your car's not going to be in the driveway. They know Sunday morning. They, they know if they plan something on Sunday, you ain't going to be there because you're going to be at the church house getting something from God because you'll want to go, not because you have to go. You see, people watch. And when they watch us play a double standard, they don't see nothing in it. Why do I need that if they're still coming home and living like this? Well, they say they got, they, mm, they say they got Jesus. They say they're a Christian, but look how they're living their lives. Look how they're talking. Look what they're doing. Look at the places that they're going. Well, obviously, if it, nothing's going to change there from what the world sees and what the world does to the Christian, amen, uh, the, so, so, the so-called Christian, if they're out doing the exact same thing that the world sees and the world does, what do they see in Jesus? There was no transformation. There's no change that took place. I don't know about you, but the moment I got saved, the moment I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ, things changed in my life, amen? Things began to change. My, my wants and my desires began to mold away from myself into what he wants. My language began to change. I didn't want to cuss anymore. I cleaned up my language. I cleaned up my walk and I cleaned up my talk and I cleaned up all the places that I used to go. I got rid of all those things. Why? Because something as big as God moves in your heart and your life. You begin to change things. That renewing of your mind, that transformation of your mind. I believe it's just time for us to stop playing church and get busy. Get busy to true Christianity. True Christianity, which brings us right here, that we get busy. The will of the Lord, I believe, is time for us to get busy. Have you looked around? Have you turned the news on? Have you got on Facebook any? Have you got, I mean, have you turned anything on with any type of media on it? It's time for us to get busy because time is short. I believe time is very, very short. 
Uh, the Lord's coming, I believe, is very, very nigh. We're on the cusp where we can almost see it. Amen. Look back at your verses again. In Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. Catch this last part. And Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. If there's ever been a generation in the time when we see the days are evil, it is right now. And it's high time that we back up to those other two verses there and that we awake from our slumber, that the churches ought to wake up and people ought to wake up to the things that are going on around them and get busy for the Lord right now. We need to be redeeming the time that God has given us today, not tomorrow. There may, there, 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 may, there may come a day in America when we can't assemble like this. You know, in countries all across the world, they can't assemble like this. Not in every country. There may, came, there, there may come a day when you won't be able to walk out your house holding your Bible. There may come a day when you won't be able to knock on somebody's door and invite them to church. There may come a day whenever you, if you pass out a gospel track, the police will be called. The army may show up. There may come a day in America before the Lord's coming that all these things come to play. So I believe it's very wise for us to redeem our time right now because we have the ability, we have the availability of technology to reach the masses through our social media, through Facebook, through YouTube. I mean, I, we, I was talking with somebody just the other day. I can't remember who I was having a conversation with, but I thought about this. Imagine if the Apostle Paul, I believe it was Tim, I think it was Timmy. Imagine the, the Apostle Paul, if he was here today with all the technology that we have and everything that we have, we have vehicles that can get us hundreds of miles in no time. They traveled on foot, covering a lot of ground. But imagine the Apostle Paul here today and how ashamed he would be of us not being so busy with all the availability that we do have, but we're not using it. We're not using our vehicles to spread the gospel. We're not knocking on doors like we ought to. We're not inviting people to church through a, a telephone that we can call anybody across the whole United States and talk to them about the Lord. Encourage somebody. Talk to them. No, they wrote letters that took days and months to get to where they need to go before they made it there. But listen, we have all these things available unto us, but we're not taking advantage of it. And to me, that's not redeeming our time wisely. We have all these advantages of technology and advancements of technology and vehicles and automobiles and all these great things, but we're not using them to their greatest capacity. We're still playing games with it. We're racing cars. We're, 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 we're playing games on our phones. We're, we're passing the time or killing time with PlayStation or Xbox. And we're wasting all this valuable time that we could be using to study God's word, to get the knowledge and to take it out to a lost and dying world. But we're not. We're too busy playing games. We're too busy sitting idle. We're too busy slumbering while the world's slowly dying and going to hell. I believe it's high time we get busy, church. I believe it's high time that we get moving. Let me hit you with a couple of verses here and we're done. Five, uh, four verses. Romans chapter 12, verse number one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And it is reasonable that we work for the Lord. It's reasonable. Why? Because he gave his life for us. He gave his everything that we can have eternal life. And the least we can do is the life that we live upon this earth, give it back unto him and allow him to work through it and use us to further his kingdom. First Peter chapter number two, verse number nine. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people that, ye sh that should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Samuel chapter number 12, verse number 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider how great things he hath done for you. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. These are commandments, these are action words that you and I, as a child of God, ought to put into action. Not just have a head knowledge, but bring them down to our feet, and to our mouths, and to our hands, and let's get busy for the work of the Lord. We don't know how much time we have left. Our life is but a vapor. We may not make it to invitation before I take my last breath. We may not say, bow your heads and close your eyes before you take your last breath. I'll leave you with two thoughts. You're in here and you're lost. And you don't know Jesus is your personal Savior. I invite you. I plead with you. I beg with you. Let today be the day of salvation when you give your life over to him and allow him to work through you and do great and mighty things. Christians, let's stop playing games. Stop playing games in the church house. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. We know we've heard it preached and we've heard it done so much. We know what to do. Let's put it into action. Let's get busy. Let's get busy for the work of the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Pianists will play here in just a moment. How about it today? Who is it this morning that has never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ with every head bowed and every eye closed? Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, Brother Brandon, I'm, I'm that hope so. I got that hope so salvation. I got that, that well, I hope I'm doing good enough. I, I'm at church today. I've I, I done pretty good. I'm at church and I'm so thankful that you're here. Oh, I'm so thankful that you're here. But how about it? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Have you come to that time and place in your life when you realize that you cannot save yourself? That if you were to take your last breath, that you would end up in a devil's hell. If you're here and you're like that, say, Brother Brandon, I don't want to go to hell. Raise that hand. I want to pray for you. Brother Brandon, I'm here and I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. Raise that hand right now. I want to pray for you. I won't call you out by name. I won't drag you down the aisle. I won't come back. I won't come back and get you, but I want to pray for you. Brother Brandon, I don't want to go to that place where the fire's never quenched gnashing of teeth. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to that glorious place called heaven. 
saw that hand praying for you. Is there one more? Is there one more right before we pray? Brother Brandon, I want to go to heaven. I want to go. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be separated from the love of God. I see that little hand. You're watching by way of live stream. Call that number. The bottom of your screen, you call it right now. There are people that are ready to answer that phone and tell you how you can go to a place called heaven. Your heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you work in these lives. Those that raise their hands for salvation, those that may be listening by way of live stream that raise their hand for salvation, God, I pray, Lord, that you would do the miraculous right now. Today is the day of salvation. God, let them not hold on for another second, another moment. Lord, let them just walk down this aisle. Let them walk down this aisle and get saved today and give their heart and life to you. God, I thank you so much for working in the service. I pray, God, that you'd help us in the invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's all stand to our feet.